Good afternoon. Good afternoon. And welcome, welcome, welcome to, to another Clearwater Jazz Holiday Foundation's Young Lions Jazz Master Virtual Sessions. I'm your guest host, Michael Cronodal. And we are in, we have a treat today. We have Professor, Professor Brandon Robertson. And the topic is how to develop a tune journal. So just want to remind everyone as you come in uh, that uh, you're going to be muted. But if you have any questions, you can go down there to the chat feature and uh, just type in your questions. And we'll try to allow some time at the end for our educator to answer any questions. Uh, but before we go any further, we want to remind you there's more free upcoming sessions. You can find it on our website, www.clearwaterjazz.com education. Uh, also, if you have any future suggestion topics, you can always email us over there at info at clearwaterjazz.com. And we want to thank our sponsors today. Uh, for our first sponsor, we want to thank uh, Blue Water Wealth Management at Stewart Partners and Duke Energy, as well as uh, you can check out our Young Lions podcast wherever you stream. And that's brought to you by our friends over there at Marine Max Clearwater. And you can just search Young Lions Jazz Master Virtual Sessions wherever you stream. So where do I begin? Professor Brandon Robertson, some of his past sessions, I know if you've been with us, you've really enjoyed them. Um, here's a few, just the name. Uh, how to develop melodic bass lines. That was an awesome one. Playing duo performances. How about this one? Practice for two hours. Um, are transcripts worth it? I mean, and the list goes on and on. He has a catalog of things that he's done right here at the Clearwater Jazz um, Young Lions podcast here. So, but before we go on, I want to tell you a little bit about Brandon Robertson. He is an Emmy-nominated music director, professor, professional upright electric bassist, composer, and music educator, originally from Tampa, Florida. As you see, he has a Florida State shirt on today. Hmm. <laughs> Why is that? Because he completed his Bachelor of Arts in Music from Florida State University in 2009 and a Master's of Music and Jazz Studies in the spring of 2016. You can currently catch him down there at Florida Gulf Coast University. He is the director of jazz study and a director of the basketball band down there in Fort Myers. I know he's doing some great things. Uh, if you didn't know, he was nominated for Emmy in 2018. Uh, you can catch him on some of the greatest stages across the world. Some of the people he's performed with, I mean, just a few names. Uh, the world famous Count Basie Orchestra led by Scotty Barnhart. I don't think we need to say anybody else, but how about vocalist Carmen Bradford, Jason Wallace, Marty Morrell, Wyclef Gordon. I mean, I think the list speaks for itself. So. Without any further ado, I'm going to hand it over to the professor. <laughs> professor, guess what? The stage is all yours. Man, that's the best tagline you ever have, man. Every time you do intros, for not just me, for anybody, I like when you set that up. The stage is all yours. Love it, man. So, uh, I want to go ahead and speak, first of all, uh, on something that y'all see right here on this screen. It is not orchestra. There is a T and an E. It's the PowerPoint is blown up because I'm looking at it on my screen. I can see the full word, but for some reason on the screen, it's always showing orchestra. So I just wanted to correct that right off the bat. And don't y'all get it to the professor don't know how to spell. 
that ain't the case. But what we're going to talk about today, because I want to jump right into it, because there's kind of a lot to cover, and I don't want to waste time here. So thank you, Michael, for the wonderful introduction. And to the Clearwater Jazz Holiday Foundation, you all know your family. And I always appreciate when I get the chance and the opportunity to drop some knowledge to our youth. So what we're going to discuss today is how to orchestrate a tune journal. Now, a tune journal. Now, the tune journal concept was introduced to me by my wonderful, great teacher, Rodney Jordan at Florida State University. He was my jazz studies, jazz based professor, and he had us do this when we were in undergrad. Now, what I'm going to talk to you about is just some concepts that I learned from the tune journal and what helped me, what actually helped me and the things that I actually did and what worked. And it actually worked. Like I'm telling you, it worked because I'd make my students do it and it works for them. So I w I'm not gonna hog that knowledge for you all. So I figured, hey, why not share it, okay? So we're gonna go over some steps on how to organize, prepare, and retain a tune journal to where by the end of, let's say, high school or in college, you have a folder about that thick of just tunes that you just worked out. Now, what happens is that that process that you do to learn a song, you start to do this. It compresses to where you have so much information that you can retain. That's why I put at the very end how to retain a tune journal to where you retain all those concepts, all those extra, all that information to where you can get on a gig and cats will start calling tunes and within a couple of seconds or maybe one chorus through, you got this whole song down if you didn't know it because you've gone through a process. So I'm gonna show you the beginning state. This is what we call the trenches. You gotta go through the trenches first, okay? So let's move forward. Now, <clears throat> section one. Now you wanna get a divider, a three ring binder, okay, with pockets. You want to get some dividers, color-coordinated dividers, so that way you can kind of have different sections layered off and they're not all looking the same. Um, you want clear dividers, so that way you can actually see in the front of each section what's happening. I always like to start with a title page, so I tell most of my students, you want to have a title page. Put a title page in front of each of these sections. I labeled them as section one, two, three, four, five, etc. Each section has information so every tune that you do you're inserting into each section the process okay so first you want to start with the title of the song okay you want to make sure you have the correct title of the tune make sure you know that it's not a nickname of the tune or something that somebody abbreviated you want to know the exact title of the tune that you're learning okay number two Write down the original key signature of that tune, not the real book key signature, not the one that gives you a default and tells you, well, this is what, we, this is what people practice it. No, 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 no. Find the most close, find the closest original recording of that tune. And more than likely, you will find that that have that key signature. Also, there's manuscripts of... Uh, of the old old musical scores and you can see what key signature some of these original standards used 
were, were pulled from out of these musicals and what key they were in. So it's very important to know the original key of a song because more than likely, in most cases, you're gonna play a song in its original key. Sometimes, which for instance, if you're playing with a vocalist, a vocalist may not sing the song in the original key because that vocalist range may not fit that key signature. So they may sing it up a whole step or down a whole step or, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. So it's always good to know to write down the usual keys of the song that you're learning or et cetera, all the songs that you're learning. Then you want to have notable arrangements slash recordings of the tunes that you're learning. So I'm going to start with that first one, notable arrangements. Now, when we talk about recording, it's always best that if you can find the original, its original content, the original recording of that tune, start with that recording. Okay. It don't matter how old it is. All right. Because remember when it was recorded in that time period, it sounded brand spanking new. So just because right now in 2021, it may feel outdated, the style and the historical content of where it pulled from and where it's to where it led to now, you have to understand that. So this is why knowing the original recordings matters. So in your tune journal, you want to write in that third section in section one, you want to write on whatever, you know, whatever tune you're starting off with write down any notable arrangements that you like so don't just find like okay i gotta go based off of what people tell me do some research on your own okay you gotta put in some work so sometimes it takes now that you use 20 we're in 2021 all it takes is the drop of a dime for you to pick up your phone go to youtube type in uh we're working on if you're working on autumn leaves uh recordings of autumn leaves and you're going to get a thousand recordings of autumn leaves and then you sit there and you go through some of them and then you find an arrangement of the song that you like and you're like wow i like this arrangement okay write that arrangement down okay because there might be elements within that particular arrangement that you can actually extract information from okay now the recording side of it aside from writing down the recordings you also want to write down the composer the original composer of the chart because some of these tunes that you might pull from jazz recordings were not written by jazz musicians they were written during the tin pen alley era which a lot of these musicals had tunes that eventually turned into jazz standards so when you're talking about recordings please note that when you're writing down the information write down the correct information okay so if you're writing down a tune that was not written by a jazz musician you need to go and find who that composer was okay also it's important to know the recording that you're that you're listening to you need to know the the players that are also on that recording so make sure that you write down the personnel who is on that recording you don't need to go as far as writing down the track list all you need to do is write down the name of the song that you're learning off of that recording but 
at the same time, knowing the players and knowing who they are and what instrument they're on, that's very important. Because let's say you're transcribing and you're like, oh, I want to listen to Miles Davis, man. That was the best bass solo. Like, no, no, that wasn't Miles Davis on bass. That, that's not Miles on bass. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Like, you need to know who's who, the right, correct personnel. So when you're writing down these notable arrangements, it's, it's important to have at least a minimum of three. Okay, just start with a minimum of three. Don't overload yourself with like 10 recordings. You know, they, oh man, I'm gonna go try to listen to all these. That's, that's a waste of time. You're, you're trying to do conscious effort when you're learning something here. So you don't want to sit there and waste time and waste valuable time spending there going through all these arrangements and, and you know, you're not really extracting nothing from it. So start with just three, the bare minimum, a minimum of three three arrangements and recordings okay so this is to be in your first section so whatever song you're learning you're gonna go we're gonna recap real quick you're gonna write down the name of the song you're gonna write down its usual key signature for that tune and then you're gonna write down notable arrangements in the recordings okay all right so uh let me move this over here all right so that's section two. So the next section, you want to write out the melody. Okay, now this is very important. Do not. I hope y'all see y'all see y'all see how serious I am, right? Okay, just want to make sure that you see how serious I am. Please do not go online and try to find yourself in I, a, a real book lead sheet or some kind of configuration of a lead sheet. I'm gonna tell you right now. The internet has a lot of false information. You can assume that those changes that you found online in that PDF that was free has the correct changes. Maybe, maybe not. But what I would always refer to my students is if you're going to write down the melody, learn it off the recording. Okay. And usually when you find the original recording, uh, some of these recordings were pretty fast. So I know it's kind of hard to do transcriptions in that matter, but that's how we had to learn it. Okay. And this is usually always the most easiest and effective way. Now, most of the real books, most of them, if they're updated, some are incorrect. Some of the charts are correct. Just depends on how well you know that chart but you wanna write the melody out yourself. You want to write the melody out. This is why you wanna write the melody out. Subconsciously, when you're doing, you're learning the song. Because if you don't know the melody to the song that you're playing, you don't really know the song. Because that's the whole, that structure is based around the melody. So if the melody has lyrics, for instance, you need to also know the lyrics. That is a melody. Because there, there is some kind of form of, of a notation, of a pitch notation that is attached to those, to that, to that intervallic motion of, of the of the lyrics. So you got to understand that writing the melody out, you're learning the rhythm in real time. Okay, you're learning the harmony in real time. You're learning how the intervals fall into the existence of the chords in real time. So you're doing a lot of things subconsciously that you're not aware of because you're not consciously thinking about it right then and there. But that's what you're doing. That's what your brain is absorbing. That's what I meant by you have all this information you're taking in. So when you write the melody out, write it out in pencil, not in pen, okay? Write the whole entire melody out, okay? 
then you want to write the melody out in its original key like i stated earlier in the first slide you want to write the song out put the key signature on there but you want to write the melody out in its original key signature then you want to write at the top write any changes that may be specific to a particular recording written on a separate sheet so don't write the chord changes on the same page as the melody you want the melody just raw okay because you just want to see the exoskeleton of that melody you want to see how it moves does the phrase does it is it is it is it um an interval where it leaps okay or is it doing just a lot of straight more more straight phrasing okay that's those, these are things that you want to pay attention to and it'll help you understand and learn the form it'll help you learn how to resolve the phrasing or resolve a rhythm or resolve a harmony within the melody etc okay so you want to make sure that you write all of these things out um you want to write the core changes on a separate sheet okay i tell my students the best way to do this is sit at the piano and listen to the bass player okay it's very hard when you listen to a recording that's moving very fast right and the piano player is either two two things, either very skilled where they can fill up a lot and you know, or they'll go very light confident, you don't hear them at all. So now you have this displacement of harmony that you don't know what's going on and everything is moving, but then you have something that's moving too much and then you can't keep up. So the best way to do it the next second best instrument in the band that is more simplified to hear the harmony would be the bass player so the bass player in the in the older recordings if you listen to any most of the recordings from 19 mid i would say mid 30s up until the 50s and I say up until the 50s because bebop was still in its newest formation. But in that time frame, a lot of these bass players were doubling, still doubling their quarter notes. And a lot of them were still playing root motion. And what I mean by that is they were resolving each phrase and each measure in the root motion. Now in the, in the 50s and such, they broke away from that where they started to play and extend the harmony more in their bass lines. But before that, that's not the case. So when you're transcribing, you're trying to listen for chord changes and you don't know how to hear the chord, listen for the bass player's root motion. And most of the time, they're out, they'll outline the root or the fifth. So as long as you can hear that in between and you'll hear if it's major or minor, that, that right there is a key. It's very distinctive if you hear a minor tonality versus a major tonality. That third is going to stick out like a sore thumb, right? So when you're writing out the chord changes on a separate sheet, make write it to the best of your ability, okay? This is all a learning process. So this is why you want to write it in this original key so you know how to transpose it later, all right? So, moving forward here. Oh, let me make sure. Uh, okay, here we go. So, the third section. Now, the third section is important as well. This is the section where you're kind of doing the groundwork. All right, so the previous section, let me go back real quick. I didn't do a recap. The previous section here is you taking, the, now you're taking the chart itself that you just, 
wrote out the historical information, you wrote out the personnel, you did all that stuff. That's the paperwork. Now you're taking the body work. It was like you know we paint, we, you know we're building a car, we're painting the car. We, now we 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 stripping it, we're stripping the whole car apart. So in this case, you're taking everything off the page. The core changes, the 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 form, uh, uh, any repeats, embellishments, accents, all of the uh, articulations, all of that. You're taking all that off. You're just starting with the melody, the exoskeleton of the entire tune. You're starting with the melody write the melody out and also the part that i didn't mention in this section as well uh you want to make sure to write the scale degrees of the melody on top of the notes and the reason why i say that is if you want to transpose this song later for instance in another key signature it's good to know the scale degrees and how it moves so when you're having to think about like okay if i'm in the key of a well the first note starts on the fifth so if i'm in the key of a then i know my first note is going to be an e you know if if that first fifth if that's a scale degree if it's the five of whatever that's in there of, of that chord you see what i'm saying so knowing that knowing how to do that writing that out first so that way you know how that you know how to do that later on that's a great process writing out the scale degrees on top of the uh melody all right and then taking it once you take the melody now you go to the second part like i just stated you, you take them you took everything off the page now what you're doing is you're taking the chords and now you're taking a separate section so in section three you're going to write out all the changes with the scales and the arpeggios that corresponds with them okay so for instance if it starts in c minor if it's a c minor seven okay you got a dorian chord here okay so you're gonna write out the entire scale i write it all the way up to the nine okay to the to the ninth and then you come back down and then you write the arpeggio and the reason why you want to learn it like this you want to have it separated is you want to learn it and i always tell my students write the chord write the changes kind of like if you were writing on a um a staff paper and you're writing your scales going down like this on the page i would write all the changes in the order that the song is in so as i'm practicing it i'm hearing that harmony move as i'm moving down the page and i can now get my ear associated every time i walk or when i solo i'm thinking of that tonality how it's moving so writing out all the changes with the scales and the arpeggios that corresponds with them is going to be very helpful for your ear and you're not having to sit there and think about what you actually have to play because you've written it out and you took the time to you know to hash through it and learn it okay so then the second part of that in this section would be you're going to write out your own exercises to learn the changes faster so for instance i make uh, i make a lot of my i make a lot i make all my bass students really at the school i make them do one exercise a week i give them a, a piece out of one of their method books and then i have them actually compose an exercise for themselves that they have to perform in studio class and usually when i do that and this is all in jazz and usually when i do that whatever tune that they're learning 
they end up learning the changes a lot quicker because they're doing something that they're enjoying that they writ they wrote out so now they're internalizing their own ideas and that's the key you want to internalize your own ideas by this process by the process of shedding and exercising through those changes and playing up scales and etc this is why so you're not having to sit there and think about how you want to format it together all right and then last you want to write out the entire form with just the core changes in Roman numeral format. Now, this is the first part of what you learn. If you learn the blues form, you usually see it written out in Roman numeral. Reason being is if you're transposing it in another key signature, the Roman numeral is telling you what chord of that of that set of that key signature that you need to play so that same format will work as well on a standard that you're trying to learn so writing out the roman numeral in whatever in, in that format with the core changes that way you can and then test yourself by saying i'm gonna give myself another key signature and let me see if i can transpose it based off of these roman numerals okay and understanding how that works, when you write it out, you get to see it. So once you see it and you're repeating it, and always and always say these things out loud as you're practicing, and don't don't kind of just go, mm -hmm, no no no, say C minor seven, C E flat, G B flat, like say 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 it out loud. See how quickly I was just able to just do that. That's how you want to do it. You want to do it that way. This is the section where you're gonna learn and teach yourself how to go through that process in this order okay and that's something that i you know kind of ideas and things that i take to try to go in that format all right so that's kind of a recap of what section three is like so section four is where you get to the fun stuff but the more harder information that you need to retain so this is the section where you're going to transcribe the solo off the record or you know a transcribe a solo off of the uh, record that you're listening to or whatever standard you're learning do not write out the solo until you have played it enough times with the recording okay so don't even write it out yet don't try to find no online already pre-transcription nope you're going to learn it by ear in real time don't use the amazing slowdown don't try to slow it down on youtube we already know all the tricks folks you got these fancy programs that you can do. You got Pro Tools, Logic, GarageBand. We know you can do it. I get it. It's easy. It's comfortable. It's comfortable. You know what I'm saying? It's comforting. However, you're not really learning anything. You're not teaching yourselves by cheating. And the way that I had to learn and all the pros and all the grace that I've studied from and did it before me and before them, that was the process. Some was times was on the bandstand and others, you just listen to the record. You just have to keep rewinding it. And that's how you train your ear. So make sure you learn the solo and play with the recording. Make sure that you're able to retain all the information from the solo before transferring it to paper. Okay. Then you want to identify, learn, and write out specific elements, small phrases in the solo that you can sequence through every single key little fragments little ideas little motifs that you could take uh from the recording things that you've heard other players do or concepts that you've heard uh the rhythm section do like for instance if a rhythm section was uh if you had this that that concept right there if you were soloing you do, do, bam, 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 bam. 
You see what I'm saying? Like taking concepts. That's that's information. That may be information that you may not know it's information, but that is information. Everything that you hear on a recording is information. Everything. There's nothing. When you making gumbo, you using all the ingredients. You're not leaving nothing out. You can't. You can't afford to leave nothing out because then it's not gumbo. So you have to understand the information that you're taking, the the identity uh, to identify the ideas that you like, but also identifying the concepts that you're hearing and that you're hearing it in real time. That's how you're training your ear to pick these things up. Then you are able to write out those ideas. Then what you want to do from there is learn the song, learn the entire form of the song and how many sections are present. So at this point, now you're going back and you're just listening to the whole entire song in its, in its formality. How many solos did they take? Who took a solo? Did this person come in in the wrong section? You know what I'm saying? So it's information that you're teaching yourself. So if it happens on the bandstand in real time, you know how to react to it. That, that's, that, these are things that you take when you're transcribing. It goes way beyond you going online and you downloading a PDF that already someone already written out. They did the homework. Their homework may be right or wrong. You don't know that because you didn't do your homework first. So make sure when you transcribe, I'm go back to point A, the bullet point A here. Transcribe the solo. Do not write it out until you have played it enough times with the recording by yourself. Okay, that's what section four is, is, is for. So that next section, the only thing that should be on paper in that section should just be the little ideas that you are hearing. And then you want to take at least starting off for those of you who might be overwhelmed with, oh, my God, I got to write all 12 keys. Just start off with five keys. Just start off with five, five. That's it. Just five. And don't always. And I always say this. Have your obviously your easiest one which we'll probably see but then you got your hardest one which would be kind of like c sharp or d flat you know g flat whatever you know what i'm saying so always give yourself a challenge all right but that's what section four uh would be entailing for your journal and then last lastly uh i think this is my last one maybe uh <clears throat> You want to write now. Here's the section where you want to write out the entire solo with the correct rhythms, notes, phrasing, and any other key elements that is present for what you're transcribing. Okay. You want to go back and uh, proof it. You know. So before you, and, and and by the way, the whole time you're doing this, everybody, the whole the whole time you're doing this, at this whole section right here, when you're writing it out at this point. You should be singing along with the recording as you're writing it out. If you can sing it, you can play it. And as you're singing it, you're internalizing rhythm, right? You got to be able to sing and understand how it feels. You get that by learning the solo, internalizing it, not reading it on the page first. You have to sit there and sing along with it. Get your body immersed into what you're what, what you're dealing with, because it's a lot of information you're dealing with, and you're trying to conceptualize this information in a very however much time that you have to work on it, right? So you don't want to sit there and waste any time by 
just writing and you're not singing a lot like you got to be doing you have to be doing three things at one you got to be writing singing and then also looking you know reading along with your eyes making sure that you visually know what you're conceptualizing okay and then the next part is you're going to write out any specific chord changes that you may hear during the solo because sometimes uh, a piano player, somebody might play something in the background, or you might hear these background harmonies. Like sometimes horn players, I've heard them do that before. I've heard Blakey do this under um, under bass solos. Uh, they did this on Crisis, I believe. Uh, Freddie Hubbard tune, Blakey band did that under uh, Jimmy Marion's bass bass solo. He was solo, and you can hear the horns kind of like playing these long tones, but they're harmonizing underneath. Right, so things like that, like oh, that's a nice harmony. What is that? Oh, so man, you might sit at the piano and try to figure that out, and you're like, oh, I like that. So then, what if you start your solo off with, baby, you know, whatever harmony they playing, you know, that that's again, these are information. Then you want to write out five, five of your favorite ideas you hear from the actual solo. Okay, now, what I told you to do before. You're taking solo, you're taking information that you've heard from the record. This section, you're taking information that you've heard from the actual solo, okay? And then you wanna write these ideas out in all 12 keys, as I stated in the previous slide. And then lastly, you're gonna learn the entire solo again until it becomes part of your daily vocabulary. And what I mean by that is um, I would like, I wanted to, uh, to see here if I can. Oh, actually, actually, I'll do it. I was gonna demonstrate here, but when you when you when you when you start to learn a solo, first you know you're going to you're going to pretty much do what Clark Terry said in his quote. You're going to imitate, assimilate, and then innovate. So you're gonna eventually imitate everything that you hear from these solos you're like playing it verbatim like that's exactly what you're doing you're you're like oh man i feel weird because i'm people gonna try to say i sound like charlie parker playing charlie parker trust me when i tell you on record off record i don't care how many records you quote me and put me on you will never ever sound like charlie parker because no one on this planet will never sound like charlie parker but charlie parker Preach. so if you decide in that moment that you are going into this transcription thinking that you are going to come out sounding like Charlie Parker, you're going to have to do a whole lot of bad stuff to yourself to get to that point. And I'm pretty sure you don't want to torment yourself like that. So the smart thing we'll do is imitate the information you're hearing and then we assimilate. So what you're doing is now you're processing, you're analyzing everything that you are taking this stuff that you are imitating and for some reason over time it starts to not sound like that anymore it starts to sound like you playing it because people are hearing you playing it so then that third part to that quote which would be to innovate that's where your ideas start to merge with the information that you took on this slide that I'm showing you here. And that becomes what I like to call those two words, your daily vocabulary. That's what we're going for. So that's what this tune journal is going to prepare you for. That's what it's coming in together for. It's, it's going to help you take all that information. If you go all the way from the beginning with what's the name of the tune to now 
you know the tune so well, I can play all this bad stuff ripping right through it. And people are like, my God, what you, and you, and now it's a process. So now you don't took information. You, you've taken a step-by-step -step process of how you learn songs. And you're going to realize now it becomes easier over time. I'm not saying that jazz is easy. It is not by any means. It's to me one of the hardest genres to play because it's so free. It's that free because it's so free because it's so liberated with the that you can be whatever it is that you want to be in that moment and yet the few restrictions that do fall into place are just very theoretical restrictions but formality and feeling and musicality of it is not right so the information that you learning off these records the stuff that the process that you got to do to learn these tunes that's going to pay off in the long run. So that's the end of my session, everybody. I hope that uh, I've covered everything today and tried to give you guys an insight of what it takes to to put together a tune journal because it's not it's not easy, you know, especially if you've never done one before. I would advise to just take two tunes, start with two tunes that you actually know already and then go through those steps. And then once you figure out what works for you, now I'm giving you tools and steps to follow and try. I'm not gonna say that if you do this, oh man, it's gonna come out, you're gonna come out on a silver horse. No, everybody's different, everybody works different, everybody practices different, everybody thinks different, everybody internalizes information different. So I cannot assume that how I would do it would work for you, but I do know that the information the information is the same. That information will work because that information is the same. That doesn't change. It's just the process of how you apply it. So with this tune journal, it's gonna just teach you discipline. That's just, an, that's just another way of teaching yourself how to discipline your way of learning this music. So that's it. That's like the, like the, like the slide said, that's it. That, that's the end. That's, <sighs> boy, I feel like I, I could write a book right now. Whew. Bishop Brandon Robertson. <laughs> Thank you again for an awesome session. You know, one thing I really like that you said is be able to sing it and listen, you know, before you even start to write it. And um, one thing I've experienced with younger players, uh, they're a little embarrassed by trying to sing something, but it is so <laughs> very important because when you ask players to sing you can hear what's gonna come out of their instrument from rhythm to even you know how they're gonna fluctuate a note or how they're gonna approach uh, you know style things like that so mm -hmm. uh, singing so so very important i'm glad you brought that point up um and you know for our listeners don't forget you can go back and rewind and watch this again because he he brought so many great uh, nuggets today that maybe you were taking notes and you know you, you you lost it you got lost in there at some point you can always go back and listen but um what have you experienced lately in your teaching uh even with college students as we know that you're a professor uh is this something that they still struggle with you know with doing this tune journal and you know, trying to listen and, and imitate? Or, you know, is this an ongoing thing for all musicians? 
I think it's for all ongoing for all musicians, but at different levels. You know, I mean, I, even the guys that are at the top. I mean, you know, I mean, you talked a while back how Bradford went to go back and still study classical. You know, to do something different from his years with you know with Jay Leno and with Sting and doing this stuff with his family. You know, you know, it, it, it's it, it, it. There's musicians who. I respect that challenge themselves that keep furthering to educate themselves in their idiom and what they what they're doing. But then also you have the younger generation that, like you said, like they're afraid to sing and whatnot. And I, and I use this example in my in my methods class. I say if you're gonna get in front of a classroom and you want your class to respond back to you, if you say, class, say hi. Okay. Class, I need you to say hi, hi. Now, what just happened? In that moment, everybody subconsciously had to think about what just what what just what just transpired here. They just he just told oh, okay, I guess I gotta do it. It's it's just that instant moment of like gratification that you got you have to like uh, be assertive of what you do. And so when I teach them about singing in jazz band. I'm that professor that is not afraid to embarrass you in that sense because especially if you're if I know you're a music education major like you is not gonna sit there and tell me you're not gonna sing in front of your class you know how bad I sound singing in front of do you know how many times I've sung in front of jazz band sounded terrible 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 Ter not and I'm not a terrible musician I'm not pitched a uh, tone deaf I know how to hit the pitches but I'm just not a singer I was hitting the pitches I'm just not a singer but the way I sung it, and the, I wanted them to hear it how I wanted them to play it. I sung it how I wanted them to play it. And then I got on the bass and played it how I was singing it. And they were like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with me being cocky. You're just really confident. No, I was once you. I was once you. I just had to, I just finally figured out that Every, every time one of my elders and my older teachers and everybody was telling me, they're like, if you can sing it, you can play it. And when it finally clicked, like, oh, they're right. You actually, it feels different when you think about every great singer or musician, when you feel what they do. Like, that's why people like Michael Jackson so much, man, because when Michael was doing his thing, there was feeling behind that. You know what I'm saying? He had some cracked notes. Come on, now. That's a crap. You that ain't no that that's that's a, that ain't no grown. That's that's a, I'm trying to reach for the cracking. You know what I'm saying? But it's the feeling. So I teach my students. You know, you gotta when you're doing when you're when you're learning something. I say, what is different from you getting in your car, driving to the store? You turn on your uh, Apple Music or Spotify playlist. Your song comes on and you're singing at the top of your lungs, word from word. How many times did you have to listen to that song? Didn't you transcribe just there? You singing, you singing it how you want to hear it, how you want it to be heard, right? That's the same concept. I don't understand how that's no different. <laughs> I, and when I usually say that to my students, that messes them up. They hate me for that. They're like, that's not cool, professor. But it's the truth. That's the same. You doing the same thing that you would do on your regular just time off just by yourself. What's the difference? So I don't know if that answers your question or not, but.
I believe that did answer my question, Professor. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know that. I love the analogy of Michael Jackson with the crack notes. Mm-hmm. That was perfect. I'm going to rewind and listen to that part again. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we've had an awesome time today. And, you know, I mean, that last part you talking about demonstrating it, you know, and playing it for them, that's some of the best teaching I've received and also seen out there when, you know, a teacher teach with their horn in their hand or their bass in their hand, or they'll hop on the drums, they'll sing it for them. They'll have the whole class singing. And then when they pick up the horns, they grab the instruments, now the music started to come alive. Mm-hmm. These mm-hmm. are the nuggets that you get right here, right here at the Clearwater Jazz Young Line Virtual Sessions. And guess what? Mm-hmm. It's free. We're sharing knowledge here for free. Now, of course, it calls Professor Robertson, you know, he went to Florida State. It, it costs a lot of hours and, you know, thousands of dollars of education to get him where he is and in practice. But you get an inside scoop. You get a, a snapshot of getting that knowledge straight from the source. So we want you to go out and tell other people about what you're hearing here. You know, if you love Professor Robertson's um, sessions, why don't you email us over here? Info at clearwaterjazz.com. Just say, I want more Professor Brandon Robertson because I am learning a lot. If you like- I hope so. Yeah, I was thinking that. If you want to hear more of me guest host, Hey, email over there, info at clearwaterjazz.com. We can have better ideas and greater sessions. It's all on you. So share. Don't be selfish. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. www.clearwaterjazz.com slash education this has been a great session and i can't wait till the next one i'm your guest host michael canodal and your educator for the day has been professor brandon robertson and we want you to keep on swinging we'll see you on the next one bye-bye all right guys see y'all soon thank you